we think we know where our podium is. Yeah. Is that Alex took it for, uh, what was it, the Women's Day? Yeah. And forgot to put it back. <laughs> Sinner. <laughs> The, the, the teens are all going to tell on me. Be turning in your Bibles to Second uh, Timothy chapter four. Raphael uh, announced last week that we we're going to be doing a series on the Book of Proverbs, but uh, we actually looked at the uh, calendar and we don't really have enough time to do that, and so we're going to put that off for a while. And uh, so that opened up for me to uh, do a sermon that uh, hopefully will be encouraging today. Uh, if I start going dark, uh, you know, just uh, don't worry. I-, I mean to be encouraging, okay? I'm going to talk about today running your race, okay? Your race. Now, we're all different, right? Yes. Turn to the person on your right and left and say, you are really different. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, in honesty, I mean, we are all different, aren't we? We're, we're different uh, intellects, we're different abilities, uh, you know, and we're all unique, we're absolutely unique in that we are uh, who we are, and our lives are not the same lives. We live in the same community, same nation, uh, and, and uh, you know, you would think, well, you probably live about the same life. But we know that's not true, is it? All of us have tremendously different experiences that we go through in life. And have you ever been to a time in your life where you you say, I can't believe I'm here. You know, I can't believe that, uh, you know, my life is is where it's at right now. I just visited my mother uh, last weekend coming off uh, the meeting in Chicago. And I rented a car and drove over to Western Illinois where she's now living in an assisted living place. And that was one of the things she said. She said, I can't believe I'm here. And uh, she was not saying that entirely in a super happy uh, context, <laughs> uh, if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, as, as uh, I said, well, Mom, there's been several times in your life I've actually heard you say something like that. I remember when my dad died and uh, we were walking out of the, uh, the funeral home and getting into the car uh, to drive out to the cemetery. And she said that those exact words, I can't believe I'm here doing this. And sometimes, you know, you're going through your life and you can't believe you're at a place in a good way, uh, sometimes in a bad way, if you know what I mean. I remember when uh, my children were born, you know, you, you look at that little child, that little baby, and you're like, I can't believe I'm a dad. You know, uh, and, and it sort of hits you, you know, wow, this is, uh, this is pretty serious stuff. And so our lives all are, are a little bit different, and, and uh, in the scriptures, this is a theme, it's a pretty big theme that Paul uses in his writings about running a race. And the passage we're going to read in 2 Timothy 4, he's uh, sort of at the end of his life, and he senses that, and he says, uh, in chapter 4, verse 6, he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering... And the time has come for my departure. So he's pretty sure that he's at the end of his life, right? 
He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. That, that's what he's, you know, the, this theme that we're looking at here this morning. I've kept the faith. Now there's a store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also for all who have longed for his appearing. So we're all on this race. We're all in our race. It's your race. It's your life. It's your journey of how you're living your life. And we're going to look at three different passages here about the race that give us an idea of, okay, what should I be thinking about in my life? What should I be thinking about in my, my race? How do I make this as, a, as successful as possible? The first one's over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And this, this passage actually talks about the race in the context of getting in shape and staying in shape. And so if you want to, if, if that, you know, if you're taking notes, uh, you know, point one is get in shape and stay in shape for this race. Now let's pick it up in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. He says, don't you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way... Okay, who's out there? You're not taking notes. <laughs> Sinners. <laughs> he says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Now, if you're an underliner, strict training would be something to underline right there. Everyone who goes into the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Okay, point number one here. If you're going to run your race well, you've got to get in shape and you've got to stay in shape. You're going to have to have, there's going to be a facet of your life that is strict training. Isn't that the word he used? Strict training. Then he comes on down and he says, I beat my body and make it my slave. And so there's a concept here of running your race, living your life the way you need to be living it, with some some comparison here to physical training. You're going to have to go into strict training. You're going to have to beat your body and make it your slave. In other words, there's going to be some, some things here you're going to have to decide that you need to do in your life that are in, in, the, in the area of self-discipline or self-denial. Now, Luke 9.23, famous passage where Jesus says, If anyone wants to come after me, he must what? Deny himself. So, discipleship itself is rooted in the idea of self-denial. Of getting yourself uh, uh, sort of out of the way. So that you can, you know, follow Jesus. If anyone would come after me, you must, you're going to have to deny yourself. So this idea of strict training. Now I want us to look at a passage over in Hebrews 10 to, uh, to give us a bad habit. And, and we're going to actually, well, what we're going to talk about is good habits. But in Hebrews 10, 
There's a great passage here about coming to church. And of course, you're here at church, so you're feeling real good about this one. But uh, if, if, if you weren't here, then uh, you, you wouldn't hear it, but uh, you would be uh, not feeling good about it. He says in verse uh, 24, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Have you ever known someone in the habit of not coming to church? Ever known anyone like that? Ever been someone like that? <laughs> uh, perhaps along the way. He said, he say here, he's saying you can get into the habit of doing this. Now, this is a bad habit, right? But let's talk about good habits because we're trying to be positive today. If you're getting yourself in shape, in spiritual shape, to run your race, what are some of the things that you're going to want to incorporate into your life that you're going to want to be habitual about? What, what are they? Let's list off some of them. Yeah. I'm sorry? Okay. Let's define quiet time because that's... Uh, uh, you know, what's a quiet time? You just stand and quiet, be quiet? Uh, uh, okay, you're, you're reading the Bible uh, in a meditative type of way, in a prayerful kind of way. Okay, so that's a good habit. Yeah. Encouraging one another. Okay, being encouraging to each other. Yeah, Mike. Okay, uh, purposely being obedient to the Scriptures. Yes. Okay, push yourself to not being lazy. That would, you know, be pretty easy. Meditation. Okay, uh, meditate. Uh, and, and what does it mean to meditate? What do you do to meditate? Uh, go to the beach and listen to waves to remind the world and wait for God to speak. Okay, good. Now, going back to uh, Barbara's comment about having uh, a quiet time, uh, a time to read your Bible and, and pray. Have you ever tried to have a quiet time and it's just not going very good? Yeah. Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah. Okay, you say, hey, I really want to do this. I'm trying, uh, but it's just not happening today. What, what do you do to get out of that? Yeah. Change your location. Change your uh, When you changed your location, where did you go? You went outside, backyard, Starbucks, Starbucks coffee shop, uh, kind of thing, yeah. Sing. Okay, probably not in the elevator, but, uh, <laughs> you know, at home, uh, you're saying, by yourself. Well, we can you said change my mood to try to get into my Bible singing song. Oh, you're saying in context of, uh, you're not doing very good, then sing a song. Yeah. Okay, what's your favorite one? Sanctuary. Okay, good. What are the good habits? Yeah, right. I always say, uh, God, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm feeling right now. Hard for me to think about it, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of wisdom in that, and there's a lot of there's a lot of understanding God. Uh, that He understands us. And He knows, uh, Jesus said, He knows what we need before we ask. Right. And, and But He wants us to ask anyway. He knows us in an internal way, if you know what I'm saying. He knows our heart. He knows our the inner man, the inner woman. That uh, is, is uh, really, your long-term person is the inner person. What we see here, our flesh and all that, that's dying. Yes. It, it's going to die. 
It's going to go away. Mortality rate of this room is 100%. None of us are getting out of here alive. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that kind of thing. And so, but... The, the, the older, the, the, the outer person is going to go, but the inner person, the inner man, the inner one, woman, is, is really what, what is you in the long term. So you've got to get in shape and you've got to stay in shape if you're going to be able to run this race. Now, look over to Galatians chapter 5. And don't start twitching. We're not going to uh, verse 19. <laughs> Galatians 5, verse 7. So, some of you guys, every time I mention Galatians 5, you, you jerk. Oh, oh no, here we go again. Galatians 5, and verse 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. So point number two here, you know, point number one is is get in shape and stay in shape. Point number two is be wise about your running partners. I mean, he's, isn't that an interesting thing he says? He says, you were running a good race. Apparently, there was a time in their spiritual life where things were going great. They were as they should be. You were okay. We're past tense, right? Yeah. You were running a good race. But he says, someone messed you up. Who was it that cut in on you? And, you know, you can imagine the, the imagery of, you know, two people are running along and, and the other person just sort of gets in the way. And you, you stumble to, to not fall or, or to avoid them. You were running a good race, but someone messed you up. We live individual lives that are surrounded by people. It is, it, is, uh, it is virtually impossible to not have people influence you in your life. All of us are influenced by people around us all the time. Sometimes you have very little, if any, control over the people that you're around. Sometimes in life, we, we, we can't control that. It's just, you know, whoever's there is there and, uh, you know, th- there's nothing you can do about it. But there's another part of our life where we have absolute control over those that are going to be probably the, the major influencers in our life. We can control that. Right. Now, sometimes you can't. Sometimes there are good influences and sometimes there's bad influences that you have very little control over. But there's times in life, in your life and my life, when I can control who is going to influence me and who is not. Right? right. Look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Good. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is one of those underliners in your Bible. If you still underline in your Bible, I've got this underlined in red. That doesn't really mean anything specific. It's just that I used red on that time. But because uh, some of them are blue and some of them are green and some of them are black. Um, that's from that the pen, you know, that, that does green and blue and red and, and black. You, you guys have seen those kind of pens? That's a lightsaber for a minister. Because <laughs> you can do all your, uh, do all your coloring in your uh, Bible. But anyway, it says, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, Do not be misled. What does, be, what does it mean to be misled? Deceived, right? Faked out. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't be faked out. That happens in your life. Now, look over to the book of Proverbs. We are going to go to Proverbs today, but not the way Raphael had in mind. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And look a little further on to uh, chapter 14, verse 7. Stay away from a foolish man, for you will not find knowledge on his lips. Chapter 22. Second, I thought it was twenty two. Yeah, twenty two, twenty four. Do not make friends with a hot tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. You have control, I have control, over who our closer friends are going to be. When the Bible says, do, do not be misled, don't be faked out, don't, don't, don't allow yourself to think this happens maybe to other people, but it won't happen to me. If you hang around with people that are living a certain lifestyle you are probably going to follow them in that lifestyle. That can work to the negative. It can also work for the positive. If you were hang around people that are living a lifestyle that's going a certain way, uh, you're probably going to go that way or be influenced by them. Don't be faked out. You are not that strong that you're going to be able to stand against the tide. You say, well, Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's true. And we should have people in our greater circle of friends and people that we know, surely people that we're reaching out to that are not Christians. They're not where they need to be spiritually. That gives us something to do and something to work for and something to work with to try to help those people become Christians. But that's not what he's talking about in Galatians 5. 
He's saying you were running a good race, but someone, someone messed you up along the way. We've got to make sure to the best of our ability that that doesn't happen on our race. You know, your race, your life, my race, my life, we're going to know hundreds, thousands of people over those years that we live, if we live a sort of a normal lifespan. We're going to have all kinds of opportunities for people to have an influence on us and uh, us to have an influence on them. You've got to really get this one on straight. I've got to make sure that my spiritual life doesn't get messed up by somebody else around me. Sometimes people can say things, and it's only something that's said, and it is embedded in your brain and eats on you for days and days and days. You ever had that? Someone says something, and and you're gnawing on that thing like a dog gnawing on a bone. I can't believe it. Said that? (laughs) Is it just me? It's called, in your head, in your head. And, you know, in my head. And I, I'd like to get it out of my head, you know, if you know what I mean. And so, when, when you're running your race, when you're li- living your life, you've sometimes got to look at the friends. Who are the friends around me? Who do I have? And, you know, you say, well, I, I wouldn't want to drop a friend... Uh, just because I think, you know, they're not being a good influence on me. Um, <laughs> what better reason could there be? <laughs> I mean, we're all going to have all kinds of friends. If you've got a friend that you really think, if you can identify and know, I think this person's not being a good influence on me, then probably that, that friendship needs to be weaned off a little bit. Yeah, sure. And you need to sort of, you know, be a little bit better friend with somebody else that's going to be a better friend in your life. You with me? Okay, last one. Look over to Hebrews chapter 12. How we do it? We're doing good. Hebrews chapter 12. Talking about the race. Here we go. Verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, if the Hebrew writer says, I want to make sure that you don't grow weary and lose heart, doesn't that seem to indicate that it is a, it is a possible thing that you and your life, me and my life, that we grow weary and lose heart? That's a possibility. Because what happens in life, guys, is that we get dinged up as we go through life. You know, you have this situation that dings you up a little bit. You have this situation that dings you up a little bit. And, you know, we're like uh, an old car when, when we get to be my age, okay? And, and, and you, you've got the evidence that, that you've gone 250,000 miles, if you know what I mean. 
you got a little ding here, a little ding there. You know, the light switch doesn't work right. You got to hold it down to make it do that. And, you know, all, all the little, all, anyone who's ever had an old car, you know, old, old cars are wonderful. They have personality, man. I mean, you get in a new car and you're like, man, this thing, it, it, this is, it just does it right, you know. Man, in, in the old car, that was fun because, you, you know, you had to do everything for it, uh, you know, because it wouldn't do it for itself and that kind of thing. But that's how we sort of live in, in life is that we go through life and we get, we get dinged up. And what can happen of your faith is that your faith, it, you grow weary. You're tired. And you begin to lose heart. Now the core of this passage is verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And then in verse 3, consider Him who endured such opposition. Fix your eyes and fix your mind. On who? On Jesus. Because He's the author and perfecter of our faith. A real temptation for Christians is to fix our eyes on each other. And your Christianity begins to be a person-centric instead of Jesus-centric. Now, we're supposed to encourage each other, build each other up. All these things are, you know, the, the, the relationship kind of passages. Relationships are a huge part of Christianity. Jesus says, all men will know you're my disciples by what? Your love for one another. So relationships with each other are crucial to a person being a healthy Christian person. But, if their Christianity becomes people-centric instead of Jesus-centric, you got a problem. Because as good as any Christian might be, they are never ever going to be the kind of example that they really need in their life, that Jesus should be. This is really important for us to understand. Because if you fix your eyes on people, I will promise you what will happen. They will disappoint you. You fix your eyes on me. You say, well, Marty, you're our minister. I'm going to fix my eyes on you. I'm telling you, don't do that. That's a mistake. Now, should you listen to me? Yes. You should. I'm your minister. I'm teaching you the Word of God. I mean, as a minister, I should be correcting, rebuking, encouraging, reminding. I mean, I should be doing all those things. And so, should I be important in your life? Yes. But surely not. Surely not. The centric part of your life is not about Marty. It's about Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's why, like when Barbara said, your quiet time. I know some of you guys are getting real sloppy on this. And you're not really challenging yourself to have a daily quiet time. A time to read your Bible. To meditate. To pray. You need that. Because that fixes your mind on Jesus. Right. You say, well, I had a quiet time one time and it wasn't all that good. (laughs) If you're an athlete, 
And this is what this is talking about. It's running a race. All these passages are about, it's an athletic analogy. Paul must have been a big sports fan, really. Uh, I mean, this was a sports of his day. The Greek Olympics. And, and he's thinking about this and he's correlating it and, and comparing it to the Christian life. If you're an athlete, and many of you are, I know your backgrounds. Every time you work out isn't awesome. There are times I'll go on a run and I'll come back and, and I'm like, that wasn't fun. Right. For you younger, just let me tell you this. It doesn't get any easier. (laughs) It's just a little something to think about. Every time you work out, it's fun. But you know what? Every once in a while, when you work out, it's just like magic. Whoa. I still got it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You need that time to read your Bible and to pray and to meditate. Don't base the impact that's having on your life how you feel a certain day. You're going to have sometimes that is mag- uh, just unbelievably awesome. You're going to have sometimes that is not all that great. They're going to have times where it's somewhere in between. You're not doing it for the, the, the effect of the moment. You're doing it for the continual effect that it has on you. You're going to do something in your life habitually. All of us are going to have some habit or habits in our life. This needs to be a habit that you challenge yourself to have. You say, well, what if I miss a, a time, a day? So what? Get over it. Move on. Everybody's going to miss a day. Don't, don't get weird on the same. You legalistically doing something is not what's the point of it. The point is, it, is to focus you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Think about Jesus. Think about His example. Think about what He said and did. How He interacted with people. And it becomes what happens in your life. It's your race. At the end of the day, it's my race. Now, the Bible tells, and I don't want to go dark on this, okay? I don't want to go low. But the Bible says that we're going to be held accountable for how we live our life. At the judgment. There's going to be a judgment, individual judgment. The Bible talks about it all the time. And we're going to be asked about how we lived, how we ran our race. I don't have to run your race. You say, well, my life's really hard. You know what? It's your race. Maybe your life is hard because of, of things that happened to you that you had no control over. Maybe your life is hard because you've done a lot of stupid things and you're reaping the re- results and consequences of all your bad decisions. That's a possibility, isn't it? You've got to realize it's your race. This is my race. This is my life. This is, these are my challenges. These are the things that I've got to deal with in my life. I want to run my race, and if I go back and look at this, I say, okay, this is actually pretty doable. I need to get in shape and stay in shape. Now, do I have to be in Olympic shape? Probably not. But, you know, 
Just try to get in shape and stay in shape spiritually. Speaking is what I'm talking about. Be wise about who my running partners are. You know, all of us are going to have friends. All of us are going to have closer friends. Be wise. It's okay to do an inventory every once in a while. How are my friends? Are they influencing me for good or bad? That, that, that's, that's a legitimate question to ask yourself. And then fix your eyes on Jesus. Hopefully these things, you can take this home with you and say, okay, man, I, I, can, I can get this going in my life. I can start running my race. I need to get in shape and stay in shape. Be wise about who I'm running with. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. You know, as they say before a race, ready, set, go. Right? Remember that? Well, we're going to live out the rest of today. From this moment on, let's run that race today. Okay? And we should all say to each other, let's all say it together. Ready? Set. Set. Go. Go.